All right. Hallelujah. Are the uh, Emmaus students had a fantastic time at their retreat? At their initial retreat? And I heard, uh, I heard y'all didn't get too much sleep. Let me tell you right now about the Spirit of God. This is not the time for you to take a nap. <laughs> time for you to be alert. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm, I'm going to actually uh, call up uh, the guest speaker that uh, spoke for us at the retreat. And also his brother-in-law, who is also a pastor. He, um, he also pastors in uh, UC Berkeley area. So uh, I'm going to call both of them up right now. Pastor Joe and Pastor Dennis, can you guys come up for, for a moment? Let's uh, welcome them up. All right, so, uh, all right, this is, uh, this is Pastor Dennis. He's, uh, he pastors, uh, one of the art churches in the UC Berkeley area. And, uh, if you guys know Sarah Yang, our guest speaker for Niagara, uh, she helped start up the, uh, art churches and he's, uh, serving there at UC Berkeley. And then, uh, Pastor Joe, he attends the Mosaic Church in LA right now. Uh, and he's, uh, serving the Lord, teaching and doing seminars and, and coming out here and, and teaching and, and, and uh, training us as well. So uh, I just want to give give an opportunity just to say a word. Because uh, you, you guys want to hear from them, right? Yeah. All right? Just be chill. Just be chill. Just say, just, just say something. You know, usually I got to like pray for like two hours and then worship for like five hours and fast and all that stuff. Um, a word, a word, huh? Well, I... It's just a quick one, and um, lately I've just been really fixated on Moses for some reason. Um, and, and I just feel like a word for, for this house and this group is unity. And I thought of the battle um, of where they go out. I think they're fighting the Amalekites. And what happens is that Moses goes on top of the hill, um, and he starts to pray. And as he lifts his hands, they start to win the battle. And Joshua is the one down with his sword fighting against the enemies. Um, but when Moses' hands get tired... They start to lose, and his hand starts to fall, and Joshua starts to lose the battle. So what happens is that Ben and her, they come, and they bring a big rock for uh, a Christian, oh, I mean Moses, right, to sit on, right? So Ben and her come alongside Moses, and they lift up his hands, and they hold up his hands. As long as his hands are raised, Joshua wins the battle. And then God tells Moses to write this down so Joshua knows who the battle belongs to, who the victory belongs to. And when I look at this, it, we've all been given a role as a part of this community. And Christian's role is a part of Moses, the overseer. He's supposed to be on top of the mountain looking down, formulating the strategies, and, 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 and communicating with God and relaying that vision. And so the temptation, though, is for him to see what's going on down there and be like, I'm going to go do it. Right? He's got, he sees what needs to be done, and then he wants to leave that place where he's supposed to be up there communicating with God and go and do it. But he needs to stay there. And what he needs are, he needs, oh, and then there's Joshua down there with the sword, right? And Joshua's fighting. He's the one in the trenches doing all the work. And, and. I, I, I thought I'm more like Joshua. <laughs> it's like, it's like, see, see, right, that, right, you are, you are Joshua. But over this house, you're supposed to be like Moses. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stay up there. You gotta stay up there and let, let the young Joshua's do the work. You gotta release the young Joshua's do the work. Because <laughs> you're Moses. You you got the spirit of Joshua. You do, brother. But <laughs> anytime you want to take the mic, go ahead. <laughs> Here's the thing. And Joshua's, you guys are down there doing the dirty work, doing the grunt work. You guys are in the trenches. And you guys are working hard and you're fighting hard. And the enemy will come. And when Moses tries to instruct Joshua, the enemy will tell Joshua, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's not down here doing what I do. He's not sweating like I am and tries to bring division. And then you see there's, there's Aaron and there's, there's her. And they're supposed to come alongside Moses and encourage him. They're supposed to be the ones that protect him. They're supposed to be the ones that intercede, the ones that fast and pray without him even asking. There's some of you, there's some of you Aaron and hers in here, without him ever asking you, you're fasting and praying for him. And you don't even tell him, he doesn't know, but you're there. You're, you're hidden right now in this crowd. But the thing is, a lot of times the Aaron and the hers, they feel useless. They see Moses, and then they see the Joshua's doing the work, and they feel like, what do I have to offer? I'm nothing. I'm useless. 
And what happens is when you're not interceding for Moses, because you guys have like a prophetic insight, it turns into critical judgment. And you start noticing all the problems that are wrong. You start complaining and gossiping. And I just feel like the word is unity. And for you guys to have victory in this place, Moses needs to be Moses. Aaron and her needs to be Aaron and her, and Joshua's need to be Joshua's, all working together. Unity. Um. <laughs> Dennis is going to first sing a prophetic. He's going to sing a prophetic song. That's what he's going to do. No, no, no. I'm not going to sing. Um, I'll, I'll just give something real short. Um, I, first of all, I just had a really great time um, with you guys at the retreat. It was a really fantastic time. And, uh, you know, God showed up big time. And, um, you know, I, the one thing that I just really sense over this community is that there's just a real hunger for God, you know, which, um, which I really think is the most important thing that you can have. You know, um, I think the hardest thing in ministry is to keep first things first. You know, to, to keep your hunger and desire for just, you know, the presence of the Lord, you know, and just just Him, um, to keep that as your first thing. And, um, you know, what I felt in my spirit, I felt like the Lord was saying that um, because you've remained faithful, you know, in that place, to keep the Lord first and to keep a hunger for Him, that He's going to bring a time of increase over this community. And specifically what I see is I feel like it, it fits a little bit in the Joe's word. I see, um, I see a lot of you finding your places. You know, finding your place where, where you're successful and where you're effective and where you feel life. You know, when we find the area where the Lord has called us, you know, in our own giftings and our own effectiveness, then we kind of come to life. You know, like when Jesus said that, you know, I have food you know nothing about. You know, when we do the work of our Father and we see people actually being set free by what we're doing, it fills us with the spiritual life. You know, and I just see increase coming upon many in this community. I feel like there's going to be an increase in numbers. But in the name of Jesus, I just declare increase right now over this community. I pray, I pray an increase of passion, an increase of intimacy, an even greater increase of hunger, an increase of anointing in the presence of the Lord. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. Feel good. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Uh, let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Title of my message today is The Mind of Christ. All right. Yeah. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Why don't you read with me in verse 14 through 16. Verse 14. Uh, if you have the ESV, read it nice and loud. 1, 2, 3, go. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Amen. We have the mind of Christ. Somebody say, I want the mind of Christ. Say, I have the mind of Christ. That's what this message today is all about. It's having the mind of Christ. You know, in history, there have been some brilliant minds that have lived before us. Einstein, George Washington Carver, Thomas Edison, Isaac Newton. And maybe you have wished to have a brilliant mind like theirs. But brothers and sisters, rather than desiring the minds of great thinkers, today I want to stir up your passion to have the mind of Christ. The Bible tells us that God created man in his image. And because we are created in God's image, we have a mind 
that is distinct and different from the mind of animals. Amen? Amen. Animals do not have the ability to process mathematics, physics, religion, economics, chemistry, or whatever you studied in college. When's the last time you saw a group of monkeys make an idol and start worshiping and bow down to it? When is the last time you saw a group of elephants trying to build a skyscraper? I don't know. I'm thinking of bad examples. but Our minds are different from the minds of animals. That's because their minds were not created in the image of God. And when you observe our mind's capacity to create, to build, to study, it is evidence that we have nothing in common with apes. And we have not descended from apes. We were created in the image of Almighty God. I don't care if 99% of our genomes or whatever how you say that matches up with all these different animals. Now the difference is in the fact that we're created in His image. God has blessed us, created us with a mind. You know, our minds are powerful. Think about it. Thomas Edison came up with an idea for a light bulb in his mind. And right now, we got light bulbs everywhere. All over the world. Started with one idea in one man's mind. Has completely revolutionized the world. The Wright brothers imagined airplanes carrying people all over the world. And now that's exactly how we travel, ain't it? But it all started in the mind. Martin Luther King Jr. imagined a day when segregation would end. And within his generation, all traces of segregation came to an end in America. The mind is powerful. The mind is powerful to produce good. But you know what the, the other side of that is? The mind is also powerful to produce great evil. Hitler has some ideas in his mind. And it resulted in millions and millions of people being killed in genocide. Kim Il-sung had an idea in his mind. He had an idea in his mind about what Korea should be like. And now today we have to deal with the most oppressive nation in the world, North Korea. The mind is powerful. I don't know... I don't know if you recognize, but the mind is powerful. It could be powerful for good or it could be for evil. Our lives and the lives of our loved ones are powerfully influenced, positively or negatively, by the way we choose to use our minds. How have you been using your mind? Have you been using your mind? You need to use your mind right now to process this message. Hallelujah. You know, back in 2006, I went to a Heidi Baker conference. Heidi Baker is a missionary to Mozambique. Uh, She's done incredible work there. Woman who really loves the Lord, filled with the Spirit, seeing incredible miracles, raising of the dead, all kinds of incredible things she has seen in Mozambique. She's a, she's a speaker that travels a lot because she gets invited oftentimes. And she comes to Korea. Back in 2006, I went to her one, first time, my first time going to a Heidi Baker conference. And she, she was something else. Man, I've never seen a speaker like her. And uh, after her message, she just wanted to pray for everybody. Now, if today, if I said, hey, y'all, I just want to pray for everybody today. Y'all will be getting excited, right? And then maybe we spent, the worship service might go a little longer. But I could try to pray for every one of y'all. And maybe it'll take like 30, 40 more minutes. But you see, at this conference, okay, we have about 130 people in here. At this conference, there were 2,000 people. And so when she said, I want to pray for everybody tonight, you can see all the (laughs) Korean pastors going, But she meant it. She said, I'm praying for everybody. So she said, everybody line up. 
And then she starts to pray. Now, the thing is, when she starts to pr- when she did this fire tunnel, and uh, as people are coming through, you know, it would be, be nice if just everybody just walked through, get prayer, and then leave. But you see, what's happening, as people were walking through, they were getting manifestations. They were shaking. They were falling on the ground. They were flopping like fish. All right? That's what happens sometimes when the Holy Spirit comes with power. This is one of the first times I'm seeing this. And I'm just very intrigued, and I'm looking. And I'm like, Lord, what's going to happen to me when I go up there? And I'm, am I going to start bugging out like those ajumas? <laughs> now, when I got up there, I was with like Pastor Dave and a whole bunch of people. Uh, from, and uh, we went up. And I remember Heidi Baker, she, she got to me. And she said, you guys have such gifted minds. You guys have just such gifted minds, but what you need is the mind of Christ. Put on the mind of Christ like a turban. (laughs) You know what a turban is? It's like in some religions, you you know, you do that. I remember growing up, we we had some brothers in my my elementary school that had turbans. Uh, No, no, sisters that had turbans, I'm sorry. And, um, And I remember, I was like, what, a turban? Put on the mind of Christ like a turban. You know, and that, and, 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 and I was more distracted by the fact that I didn't manifest like everybody else. But then that word, it still haunted me. And that word just stuck with me. And for the last four years, I've been in the process of learning what that means to have the mind of Christ. And I still don't think I fully understood. I don't think I've fully arrived at what it really means to have the mind of Christ. But today I'm drawing out of the well of my spirit to share with you what I've been learning. About having the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Each and every one of you. Calls yourself a Christian. You got to have the mind of Christ. Look at verse 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14. The Bible says. The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God. For they are folly to him. He is not able to understand them. Because they are spiritually discerned. The Bible says the natural person, this means the unregenerate, the person who does not have faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the person without the Spirit of God, the natural person, the Bible says, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. In fact, the things of the Spirit of God are foolishness to them. To the natural person, spiritual truths, spiritual things, they're foolishness. So check this out. Don't be surprised when you talk to an unbelieving friend about all the incredible things you're learning at church and they just look at you like you're crazy. That is a very natural response for a non-believer to make. Don't be like, man, you're so stupid. Why can't you get this? Okay. No, the person on the other end, they really think it's foolishness what you're talking about. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four says, in their case, the God of this world, this is the devil, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. You see, the devil blinds the minds of unbelievers so that when you talk about spiritual things, they just look at you like you're crazy. Everything that you mention is going to be like foolishness to them. And so when we evangelize to unbelievers, we must use persuasion along with warfare prayer. In order to effectively destroy the works of Satan and bring that person to Christ. Because Satan is blinding their mind. And so in order for you to get them convinced and to put their faith in the gospel. You got to know how to persuade. But you also have got to know how to war. You got to know how to pray. So that those veils, those blinders get lifted off their minds. So they can understand the the light of the gospel. Now, when you look at the world, especially in the Western world, many people worship and idolize their mind. Many people worship and idolize their mind. They get their master's degree, their doctor's degree. How many of y'all have a master's degree in here? God bless you. How many of y'all have a doctor's degree in here? All right. 
I, I know one person that does. Well, I don't know why you ain't raise your hand. <laughs> Diddy, put your hands down. I know you don't, you don't have a doctor. <laughs> I mean, we, we in the Western world, right, we, are, we are products of the Western world. We are well-educated. We get all these degrees, and then we start to trust our own instinct, our own interpretation. And the people like this, they feel like they are not accountable to anyone for their own opinions and beliefs. And they begin to worship their mind, and they fail to acknowledge God. I want you to turn, keep your finger on 1 Corinthians. Turn to Romans chapter 1. Turn to Romans chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 28 to 32. Everybody, come on. Open up your Bible. The book right before it. Romans chapter 1, verse 28 to 32. Check what happens to people who do not acknowledge God with their mind. Look at verse 28. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, Heartless, ruthless, though they know God's decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but they give approval to those who practice them. When you do not acknowledge God and you begin to trust and worship and idolize your mind and your own thinking, this is. What takes place in the minds of people who fail to acknowledge God. God can give them over into their hardened hearts. And then they get more and more evil, more and more wicked. You know, sometimes you, you wonder, how did that person get so wicked? How, they, how did they become the, the, the head of that gang? How did they become a pimp? Just like trading all these you know, people into human sexual slavery. How did they get to that point? I'll tell you, it all started with them worshiping their mind and failing to acknowledge God. God gives them over to a debased mind, to a depraved mind. This is what happens to people who idolize their own mind. But you see, brothers and sisters, as believers, we are not to live this way. Amen? Amen. We are not to live this way. Say that. We are not to live this way. We are called to submit our minds to the Lord of God, to the, the Lord our God. Submit our minds to God so that we can have the mind of Christ. Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, I, I, go, I come to church, I tithe, I worship, I sing the praises, I listen to the message. But man, during the middle of the week, man, my, my mind, man, I got so many other things to be, take care of. Man, there's other things that are more interesting. No, brothers and sisters, we are to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Can somebody say amen? amen. Now, how do we gain the mind of Christ? You know, there used to be a popular movement back a decade ago called WWJD. What would Jesus do? Okay, and people had these bracelets, celebrities, pastors, youth leaders, everybody. I think like Deion Sanders had it. Then you, then you had like Allen Iverson, like got a tattoo, WWJD or something like that, or he, or he used to wear a bracelet. And everybody will start wearing WWJD. Some people didn't even know what that meant, but they will wear it just because Allen Iverson was wearing it. At least they did in Philly. WWJD. What would Jesus do? And it was this great reminder and effort by evangelical Christians to gain the mind of Christ. 
And, you know, a lot of times it will, it will be helpful. But the WWJD movement has a drawback in this postmodern age of relativism. You see, the image of Jesus that one Christian has may not be the same as another's. And that's where the strength of that reminder falls. You see, what we need is the people of God, in order for them to really have the mind of Christ, we need to be filled with the word of God in order to properly gain the mind of Christ. Not just wear a bracelet on your wrist. You got to put the word in your heart. You got to memorize it in your mind. How do we gain the mind of Christ? Number one, be filled with the word of God. And let me mention here that before you can get filled with the word of God, can I say something? Let me just be real. You got to get an education. If you want to really be filled with the word of God, you got to get yourself an education. Now, if you've ever been to the poorest and most impoverished countries of the world, when I've been to Cambodia, I've been to India, I've been to the Philippines, and I see these children, and I get up to preach a message to young people or something like that, I can go only as deep as their education level. Oftentimes, I find myself feeling so troubled. When, you know, when I went on these mission trips and they would ask me to speak, I would be so troubled that I couldn't get into the deep things of God. I couldn't get into the meaty word of God. Why? Because these people didn't have an education. Can I say that right now? Lack of education is the work of the devil. It is the devil's way to oppress nations. It's to destroy educational systems. You know, in a, in a strange kind of way, here in Korea, I think there's an oppression going on in the education system. It's not that they don't study enough, it's that they study too much. <laughs> Korean students, they're studying so much, they're not retaining anything they learn. They, 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 they are educated in a system of taking tests and exams and writing papers. But man, I mean, in so many ways, it needs reform. It needs reform. But let me say it right away. If you want to have the mind of Christ and you want to fill yourself with the word of God, you got to get an education. Loving God with all your mind means you got to utilize the capacity of your mind. And you will only utilize a limited capacity without a good education. Am I telling everybody to go get their master's degrees, their doctorate degrees? No, I'm just saying you need to get educated. You need, if you're in college, study well. Because let me tell you right now. Let me tell you right now. You come... You want to work with me in full-time ministry later on in life? You better study well right now. Because you bring that sloppy habits with you into the ministry, I'm going to tell you to you like it is. Your teachers may have never told you. I'll tell you to you like it is. You, you, you need to go learn some better habits. You need to hit the books. You need to sharpen your mind. Because whatever you got over there in college, it ain't doing you no good here in real life. And you know what? Some, some young people... They don't get deep into the word of God. You know why? Because they, they see learning the word of God right clumped in with the education system, academic system they've been receiving. And so because in the academic system, what happens, right? We learn so many subjects. We take so many exams. And then the next year, we don't remember nothing. <laughs> I, I mean, it's hard to remember. That's the truth. You, don't, you probably retain, I don't know, like 20, 30% of what you actually learned, the materials in college or in high school. But you do learn a system of learning. You learn how to write papers. You learn how to study. You learn how to memorize. Those are good things that you, uh, you, you gain from college. But look, when you are lazy and all you do is try to get a passing grade, all right, all that stuff is going it's, it's to hurt you later on in life. You got to get educated. Now, let me get off that topic. As you get a good education, 
You got to fill your mind with the word of God. And the more highly educated you are, the more God expects of you to know his word and he holds you accountable for what you do with it. You know, some people, when it comes to the word of God, they're just plain lazy. And their prayer request is always, uh, pray for me that I'll read the word of God and pray more. Pray for me that I'll manage my time better. Because it's a time management issue, you see. Some people just plain all lazy and apathetic. And they lack the patience to fill themselves with the word of God. You know, by the way, you cannot fill yourself with the word of God with just one being committed to just one month of Bible reading and Bible study. It, It takes a lifetime. Not a month. You need patience to fill yourself with the word of God. But man, some people just plain lazy and they remain ignorant to the word of God. And then they come and ask me why they're so easily attacked by the enemy. Let me tell you something. An idle mind is an old saying. An idle mind is the devil's workshop. You might be like, so what if I'm on Facebook all day? So what if I'm just bouncing around websites? So what if I'm, 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 I just, man, I'm just so tired. I want to use my mind. I don't want to engage my mind. I just want to relax. I just want to watch TV. Man, TV is a mind, idle mind killer. Now, if you use TV as a form of entertainment, well, good for you. But you need to limit that entertainment. You need to learn how to enjoy it, not indulge in it. But look, some people try to use television as a form of education. That's where we fall short. Now, you cannot educate yourself using a TV. Especially when you got a remote in your hand. And you are prone not to watch the educational channels. You go on to that which is more easy to watch, more entertaining. All you learn is the life of a celebrity and all the gossip surrounding life. As an idle mind. And an idle mind is the devil's workshop. Come on. We have, we got to understand this. You know, you know, our mind is a battlefield. A lot of the spiritual warfare that goes on, you know, for Satan to produce something on the earth, you know where he has to attack first? He has to win on the battlefield of your mind. If he can win in your mind, just like he was able to win in Hitler's mind and produce Nazi Germany. Just like he was able to win in Kim Il-sung's mind and produce North Korea. If he can win in your mind, he can produce terrible genocide. All kinds of terrible things on the earth. But the battlefield begins with the mind. And our mind, we got to learn how to be victorious over it. A lot of us, man, we just daydream. We just read whatever. We don't even check our sources, man. We're so lazy, we don't even check our sources these days. Man, I see college students. Man, everything, everything is on Google. Everything is up on the internet. And they don't even check all the sources. It's lazy, lazy, lazy. Look, check this out. The battlefield is, is the mind. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5 says, Though we walk in the flesh, though we walk in the natural, we do not wage war according to the flesh. But the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and bringing every thought to the obedience of Christ. Did you know that you have a mandate from the Word of God to cast down arguments that exalts itself against the knowledge of God? You are to cast down those arguments. You are not to say, oh, that's a pretty cool idea. Let me speculate a little bit. Let me contemplate. Let me meditate. No. If you know right away that that is an argument set up against the word of God, you are to cast it down off your mind. And you are to bring every one of your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. Oh, Pastor John Newfell, he is handsome. Let me just think about Pastor John Newfell. Let me just daydream. Oh, yeah. (laughs) On our honeymoon. 
up in the Bahamas. Yeah. Yeah, Pastor John, I'm your, I'm your mama and up in the Bahama. I don't know, like, like whatever, whatever enters your mind, those thoughts you have to take captive and you have to say, no, Pastor John, get out of my mind. I will not see you in that way when that is not the real situation in life. Bring every thought captive. Get another ice cream. But I had one just now. Eat another one. Get more ice cream. Bring those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. It ain't going to hurt if I just look at this website, man. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Let me, let me just take a look. What's this about? What's this about? Bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Don't go there. You have... A command from scripture. And that is to bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We got to fill ourselves with the word of God. For us to even know which thoughts are arguments against the knowledge of God. To know even which, how do, what kind of, how do you bring the, our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ? You got to fill yourself with the word. So look, you got to go read the word, you got to study the word, you got to memorize the word of God. Psalm 1 says, blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and his leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Woo! Hallelujah. That's a man that's blessed. How did he get there? How come that man of God is blessed and I never prosper? How come I always get the wrong end of the stick? Pastor Christian, tell me, why am I not prospering? Because you ain't filling yourself with the word of God. Why am I so unstable? Why am I so emotionally unstable? Why am I so mentally unstable? Why am I so unstable? James 1.8 says that the double-minded man... Is unstable in all his ways. Think about when you read the word. Not only do you need to read, study, and memorize the word, but you need to do what it says. If you don't do, you don't apply the word of God to your life right away. You're like a double-minded man. You're unstable in all your ways. You got to fill yourself with the word of God. You got to obey what it says. And the more you Fill yourself with the word, and the more you trust and obey the word, the more your mind will be renewed. You know, there are certain lessons you can only learn through obedience. And your mind will, cannot really fully be convinced of until you've experienced it. Until you've done it. And Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed any longer by the patterns of this world, but be transformed. How? How are we to be transformed? The word of God says, By the renewal of your mind. You want your life to be transformed by God? Well, you need to renew your mind. You need to get the word of God in you. You got to get the mind of Christ. Get the word inside of you. Come on. But check this out. Just because you know a lot about the Bible does not mean you have the mind of Christ. Just because you are convinced of all the right doctrines does not mean you have the mind of Christ. There are plenty of scholars who know God's word well, even seminary professors who teach the scriptures, but they do not have the mind of Christ. How's that possible? Just look at the Pharisees. Well, they knew they filled themselves with the word of God, but they did not have the mind of Christ. What was going on there? You see, people who are filled with the word of God, you know, some of them, they go on to start cults. Some people who know the Bible real well, they go on and get crazy. They lose their mind. What's going on? They don't have the mind of Christ. I'll tell you why they don't have the mind of Christ. They might have the Bible, they don't have the mind of Christ. It's because, second key, you want the mind of Christ, you got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Tell that to your neighbor. Point at him and say, you got to be filled by the Holy Spirit. 
got to be filled. Look at 2 Corinthians, back to our original passage. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. Look at this. It's, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Who knows a person's thoughts is that the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God searches the deep things of God. Searches the depths of His mystery, of His wisdom, and of His knowledge, of His counsel. The Spirit of God searches the depths of God. You know, in Romans 8.27, the Bible says the Spirit of God searches our minds and our hearts. But here in this passage, it's saying the Spirit searches the depths of God. You see, it's not either or. God, the Spirit does both. God's Spirit searches your heart. God's Spirit searches the depths of God. And He bridges that gap. He alone is the one that can take the deep things of God and make you understand it. And make you like it. And make you cherish and love it. This is the gracious work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It is to teach a man God's wisdom, His ways, His spiritual truths. And if you are not sensitive to the Holy Spirit, if you are not learning how to be led by the Spirit, you will end up with just husks of religion and tradition. You puff up your mind, you puff up your head with the Bible and pride. If you do not have the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 12 and 13. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. By the way, God gives it to us freely. He's not holding his tight, fist tight and being like, man, I don't want to give this to you. Lord, show me some revelation. No! He wants to freely give it to you. But you've got to get connected with this Holy Spirit. Look at verse 13. We impart this, wisdom, uh, we impart this in words... Not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit. <coughs> Not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. You know, if you are going to be, you want the mind of Christ, you, you want the mind of Christ, you've got to be filled with the Spirit. You want to understand the deep things of God, you've got to be Spiritual. How's Jamie Foxx say it? Spiritual. Spiritual. You got to be spiritual. What does it mean to be spiritual in Christianity? You know, that word is thrown around in all types of religions. But let's talk, let's talk about Christianity. What does it mean to be spiritual in Christianity? Real simple. You are filled with the Spirit of God. That's what it means to be spiritual. It's not that you know all these spiritual, like, insights and all these things it's just that you are filled with the spirit of god you are a spiritual man you are filled you're empowered and led by the spirit of god you are a spiritual man and in order for you to learn the deep things of god for you to have the mind of christ you got to learn how to be spiritual and stay spiritual without being filled with the spirit of god without the spirit of god as your guide satan can twist the word of god in your mind And cause you to believe all kinds of lies. You know, some of the worst damage that's been done in the church has been done by people who mishandle the Word of God. Driven people who mishandle the Word of God. Verse 14 says, Spiritual truths must be discerned spiritually by the Holy Spirit. You gotta get filled with the Spirit. See, if you, if you don't, if you don't get, learn how to be filled with the Spirit, you will never, Christianity will just be confusion to you. You don't get connected with the Holy Spirit, Christianity will just be a chore. Christianity will feel like a burden. But when you have the Holy Spirit of God, when you get filled with the Spirit of God, you will know freedom, joy, peace. 
You know, in Luke chapter 24, when the two disciples were on the road to Emmaus, on that, on that road as they're traveling, Jesus has taught them, taught them, taught them, taught them. Look at this Old Testament prophecy. Look at that. Look at this. This is what the Messiah had to go through. You don't understand. Isaiah right here, he was pierced for our transgressions. Teaching, teaching, teaching. And that's real interesting. In verse Luke 24, verse 45, it says that Jesus opened their minds and then they understood the scriptures. Isn't that interesting? They had all this information fed to them, but it wasn't until Jesus opened their minds that they, it all made sense. You see, what we need to do, we got to fill ourselves with the word of God. Fill ourselves with the word of God. Fill ourselves with the word of God. Get it all in you. Get it all in you. Like Gatorade, is it in you? Get it in you. So you're sweating the word of God. Just get it in you. It may not all make sense. It don't matter if it don't make sense. You see, you're idolizing your mind if you're rejecting something just because it don't make sense. You need to learn how to use faith. And faith and trust says, I don't know what all this means, but I'm still going to memorize it. I'm still going to meditate on it. I'm still just going to receive it. And I'm going to depend on the Holy Spirit. To help me make sense of it when the time comes. So it's very important that when you read the word, you're not just like trying to study it like, oh, like a textbook. Like, you know, sometimes you got to study it like a textbook. But I'm just saying, when you only approach it like a textbook, you ain't going to get nothing out of it. You got to come to the word of God and say, Holy Spirit, open my mind. Enlighten my mind so that I might understand all this wisdom and truth and deep things of you. Jesus has got to open your mind and then you will understand the scriptures. And in the same way, Jesus ain't here on this earth, but he's here by the Holy Spirit. He ain't walking with you on the road to Emmaus, on the road to Shilim, on the road road to Itaewon, whatever, right? Well, he's with you. Whether you're on the road or in your closet or in your room, he's with you and he's there to open up your mind. You just got to ask him. You just got to humble yourself. You know, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God did not give you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind in the King James Version. 2 Timothy 1.7. It's an awesome Bible verse. If you didn't memorize it, y'all need to memorize it. If you struggle with fear and anxiety, you need to memorize it. Get it inside you. 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, when people, they see charismatic manifestations, you know what? One of the first thoughts comes into the Western mind. One of the first thoughts that come into the Western mind is that looks like madness. That looks messy. That looks like those people are out of their mind. What if it's not God? What if it's the devil? Those people look out of control. What if I go crazy if I go up for prayer? And people are filled with fear. But you see, the Second Timothy 1.7 says, God didn't give you that spirit of fear. That's not from God. God gives you the spirit of a sound mind. Meaning that even if people are laughing, looking drunk... Falling all over the place. It might get a little messy because oxen make a mess. Hallelujah. It might get messy, but I'll tell you right now, you talk to them afterward and you will see if it's the Holy Spirit that did it, you will get up. That person will have a sound mind. That's how you can tell when it's if it's if it's the Holy Spirit or if it's the devil or if it's just the flesh. We just interviewed them afterward. Let's go up to them, look at them, ask them a few questions. If they're in a spirit of a sound mind, that's the Holy Spirit. No matter what they were doing in the front, ah, you know, doing all kinds of manifestations, oh, yeah, yeah, dancing and laughing in your seat, and you were like, that person's crazy. Out of their mind. They probably don't even have a college degree. <laughs> and all along, they're sitting next to you, they got a doctorate degree, but they're whacking out. Why? Because that's the Holy Spirit's doing that on them. But I'll tell you right now, though they're bugging out, they have a sound mind. Because the spirit that God gives is not one of fear, but it's one of power, love, and of a sound mind. You know, when push, when some people...
people push away the work of the Holy Spirit just because it's so messy, it's so charismatic. When people push that away and they analyze and they criticize, you know what that really is? It's a form of idolatry. It's a form of idolatry of the mind. You see, you are saying that you would rather trust your mind rather than discern the work of the Holy Spirit. If you're being discerning, then God bless you. You've got to be cautious and discerning because that's new to you, then God bless you. But there are other people that are not like that. They're analyzing, they're criticizing, they are rejecting it. Just like the Pharisees, they rejected the work of the Lord Jesus. That's idolatry of the mind. Instead of trusting the word of God and the spirit of God to bring that revelation, they trust their own mind. They trust their own thinking. And so in turn, they reject the work of the Holy Spirit. That's deception of the enemy in the church. That's the seed of deception of the enemy in the church. It's to get people to reject the work of God because of their Western educated thinking. There's no grid for supernatural things. But look, check this out. Last time I read the Bible, it's supernatural. There's supernatural things happening here. Every, every chapter, every book you look at, there's going to be supernatural things. I don't understand how there is so many Christians still that, that reject demonic manifestations. Let's not even talk about Holy Spirit manifestations. Demonic manifestations. They have no grid for demonic manifestations. Well, hello. Read the Gospels. When's the last time you read? Go read the Gospels again. And on the pages of the Gospels, you will read demonic manifestations. Why? Because demons are real. But when I see demonic manifestations, it doesn't tell me demons are real. It tells me that the power of God is real. Because those power and the anointing of God is driving out those demons. That's why they're even coming out to the surface. If they had it their way, they remain hidden. So you destroy your life with all kinds of lies and believing all kinds of, and getting into all kinds of habits. That's the Spirit of God driving that out. As you get filled with the Holy Spirit, as you get filled with the Word of God, you are on your way to having the mind of Christ. Let me cover number three. You're filled with the Word. You're filled with the Spirit. If you really want the mind of Christ, you got to be filled with heaven. Filled with heaven. Be filled with the kingdom of God. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2. It says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. You know, when Jesus walked the earth, he was filled with heaven. You know, he looked, he looked at the earth and he saw disease, he saw demons, but he didn't stay preoccupied with what he saw on the earth. He stayed preoccupied by what he saw in heaven. He was filled with so much heaven that that reality overflowed out of him to destroy the demonic works of the devil, to destroy the reality of the devil's work on the earth. See, he was filled with heaven. That's got, that's got to be us. We got to be filled with heaven. You hear somebody comes down with cancer. If you're filled with heaven, immediately you should think God can heal that person. Fully. And that's the way I'm going to pray. That's the way I'm going to visit them. When I visit the hospital, that's the way I'm going to pray. Why? Because you're filled with heaven. But if you're filled with earth... You feel with just what you see, you say, well, cancer kills a lot of people every year. And so cancer will probably be kill you too. But you know what? Let me, I'm a Christian, so I do believe healing does, God does do it sometimes. So let me just pray for you. Be healed. You feel better? No? Uh, you know, cancer does kill people. <laughs> and that's your attitude. You don't say it that way, but that's your attitude. You pray for somebody who's sick, but that's the way you come off. Why? Because you're filled with the earth. You're not filled with heaven. You don't have the mind of Christ. You see, if Christ got into the hospital room, oh, it's game over. And so if you want to have the mind of Christ, you've got to learn how to be filled with heaven. 
Now, be filled with the word, be filled with the spirit, be filled with heaven. These are the ways in which you regain the mind of Christ. And when you have the mind of Christ, it's wonderful. When you have the mind of Christ, it's wonderful. You know what some of the benefits of having the mind of Christ are? Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast. Are you struggling with insomnia? Anxiety attacks? Don't just go looking for some antidepressants. Go get the mind of Christ. You get the mind of Christ and you stay steadfast in that mind and you will have perfect peace, the word of God says. Romans 8 verse 5 through 6 says, Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death. But the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. You want life and peace to flow through you? You want to enjoy the benefits of life and peace in your own life? And spread that to those around you? Well, you need to set your mind on the Holy Spirit. You need, your mind needs to be controlled by the Spirit. You need the mind of Christ. The fruits are life and peace. You know, another wonderful benefit is your ability to make decisions. When you got the mind of Christ, you make good decisions. You take appropriate risks, not reckless ones. It might look reckless to the world, but if you're doing it from the mind of Christ, oh, get ready. Get ready for breakthrough. Get ready for favor. Get ready for increase. But so many people, they do not seek to have the mind of Christ. They instead seek to have the mind of Pastor Christian. Pastor Christian, I don't know what to do. Pastor Christian, come counsel me. Pastor Christian. And if that's where you are in your faith walk, I welcome, I'll, I'll embrace you. And I'll pray for you. And I'll counsel you. And I'll give you whatever comes to my mind. But check this out. It's not whatever comes to Pastor Christian's mind. You know what I do when I'm trying to counsel you? I'm trying to get the mind of Christ. And guess what? What I'm trying to tell you in this message is you have access to that same mind of Christ. That's why the word of God says, but we have the mind of Christ. Who has known the mind of the Lord to, as to instruct him. But, but we have the mind of Christ. Who has known the mind of the Lord? And nobody knows the mind of the Lord. That was the answer. The word, but the word of God is saying, the gospel is saying, but, but we have it. We have the mind of Christ by the spirit of God. We have the laws of God written on our hearts by the spirit of God. In the new covenant, the wonderful thing about the new covenant is the work of the ministry of the Holy Spirit being available to every single believer. God said in the Old Testament, I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who will do all that is upon my heart and mind. That faithful priest, of course, you know, is fulfilled in Jesus. But the bigger fulfillment is that that gets transferred to you. God's raising you up as a faithful priest so that you will do all that is upon the heart and mind of God. Come on, somebody. Y'all have access to that. Y'all have access to it. You're going to tire me out if everybody here wants counsel for every little decision you're making. I'll help you out. But I ain't going to help you out ten times in the last two months. All right, I'm going to point you to this message. You have the mind of Christ. Do what you got to do to get the mind of Christ in you. And then follow. And make your decisions. Not based on Brady's mind. 
not based on David Kim's mind, not based on Joanna Tolan's mind. Don't trust your own mind. Oh, well, th- this is what I've always used, my instinct, my gut. This is what I've always done, and it worked out pretty good. Like about half the time, I made some pretty good decisions just using trusting my gut. Don't trust your gut. Even if it's a big one, don't trust it. You need to trust the mind of Christ. And you can't have the mind of Christ without first doing what you need to do to gain the mind of Christ. But let me tell you right now, I don't care where you are in your Christian life. You can have the mind of Christ. It's going to take 10, 15 years. No, it ain't. You get filled with the Spirit. And you get some of the Word of God in you. And you start looking to heaven. It's right now. You can manifest. You can counsel somebody right now. Maybe if somebody came up to you and said, what what should I do about this? You might be like, well, talk to Pastor Christian. Stop doing that. (laughs) You say, no, I have the mind of Christ. Now, I I know I'm not, I know I'm not, I haven't been a Christian that long, but I'm spiritual. Because I'm filled with the spirit. So look, hey, friend, here, come to me. Let me give you my counsel. If you really ain't happy with it, go see Pastor Christian. But look, here's my counsel. And you got to counsel and you got to talk to people believing you have the mind of Christ because you do. Man, there's so many benefits to having the mind of Christ. You know, another benefit to having the mind of Christ is character. When you have the mind of Christ, character gets produced. Virtues get produced in your life. Galatians 5, 19 to 23, there's a contrast. Right? The Bible says, I say, walk by the Spirit. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. They're opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under law. Now the works of the flesh, they're evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, drunkenness, drunkenness. Uh, orgies whoa, and things like these things like these I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God this is, this is the activity Apostle Paul is saying of those who do not inherit the kingdom of God this is not the activity that we should see in your life you hear me this is not the activity we should be seeing this is the activity that for those who do not inherit the kingdom of God and he says, check, check this out. But the fruit of the Spirit, those who have their minds set on what the Spirit desires, the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When you got the mind of Christ, the character of the living Christ gets manifested in you. You got to get the mind of Christ. You got to keep the mind of Christ. I don't know, Pastor Christian. I don't, I don't think I have the mind of Christ. I've been praying. I've been, I've been, man, I'm just, I just don't see no results. Check this out. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged in prayer. Patience is necessary to see breakthrough. All right. Instead, bring every thought captive. Because check this out. You are becoming stronger and the devil's works are becoming weaker in your life. With each new day that you set your mind On the things of the Holy Spirit, you're getting stronger, he's getting weaker, and you are gaining the mind of Christ in your life. You know, Jesus said, deliverance is the children's bread. Every child of God has a right to enjoy the benefits of deliverance. God doesn't just save you and say, you're going to heaven later on, but all that bondage, you're going to have to deal with that mess while you're on earth. You're never going to be free from it. You might, some of y'all might get free from it, not all of y'all. No, Jesus said, the deliverance is a children's bread. That means every single one of you has a right to enjoy the benefits of deliverance. The freedom, the joy. You have that peace, all those benefits, they're yours. But so many people, they get punked by the devil. 
They get punked by the devil. Why? Because they let their minds go idle. Brothers and sisters, don't believe the lies of the enemy. You got to learn how to bind your mind to the mind of Christ. You know, my, my, my old mentor, Brother Michael, he's teaching me that. Whenever he'd be praying, he'd be like, I bind the mind of my brother Christian to the mind of Christ right now. As he's making this very important decision. Oh, hallelujah. When I've heard that, I've received that. And the decisions that I've, I've made in, whenever he's prayed and I've been led to pray that way, they prospered. Everything he does, he prospers. Is the man who has the mind of Christ. I'm just going to close with this. What does the mind of Christ look like? And the wonderful summary is contained in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 through 11. I'm going to read that for you. The Bible says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Have this mind. In other words, have the mind of Christ. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Bible says, have this mind among yourselves. Have the mind of Christ among yourselves. Where do we get the best summary of this? It's at the cross. It's at the cross. It's the humility of and the courage and the joy that Christ had in mind as he went to the cross. That's the mind that the word of God tells us. Have it among yourselves. I'm going to pray right now. Anyone close your eyes.